0: Hey, all you Rad Dads out there.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Rad Dad Brett here, bringing you another episode of the Rad Dad Show. We're doing something a little bit different this time, so buckle up. I recently had the chance to sit down and chat with Marco DeSantis, who's probably best known as the guitarist and founding member of Sugar Cult. Marco also plays in Bad Astronaut and playing favorites, who you may recognize as a couple of Joey Cape from Lagwagon's side projects. Well, the thing is, we just kind of got chatting right off the bat and totally went off the rails talking about Marco's early years of growing up in the Santa Barbara punk scene, and we totally went down a rabbit hole talking about everything from the formation of Lagwagon to Fat Mike's business acumen. And of course, we got in deep on Bad Astronaut and spending some time talking about Marco's friend and Bad Astronaut drummer, the late, great Derek Plord. Fans of Lagwagon, no effects, and really anyone interested in Fat Wreck history will really not want to miss out on this, but... That conversation was all before we even got into the dad stuff, so I just hit record and let it happen. So to keep things in bite-sized pieces for you, what we're going to do is release this episode in two parts. This one, part one, will cover the parenting stuff, so don't get me wrong, this part is super fun too, and Marco's got so many great stories. He's a dad of two, and he shared the tales of flying home from tour to catch the birth of each of his children. And we talked about how parenting uses a lot of the same muscles that being in a band does, this honestly felt like sitting down and chatting with an old friend. And I really want to thank Marco for his time and hanging out and sharing his experiences. We actually did this over the course of two separate interviews, so you'll hear it jump around a little bit, but it flows nicely, and I know you'll enjoy this as much as I did. And to my fellow 90s punk rockers and bad astronaut fans, don't forget to stay tuned for our bonus episode, part two, which will be out soon. So without further delay, here's Marco DeSantis on the Rad Dad Show. I'm going to just quickly kind of say so like thanks for coming here we've talked for 50 minutes or whatever we just kind of got into it that that's great i love that it's awesome um and i don't want to don't want to kill the momentum but um i want to tell sort of people who are listening so um like what's your name who are you we know obviously we've talked a little bit about um you know, your kind of upbringing and, and how you got started with music already. We we dug into that. Maybe tell us a little bit more. What are you doing now? Um yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so uh it's so funny, you're right. Like <laughs> I have been talking to you for an hour and haven't even introduced myself. But I did that on purpose because if I introduce myself first, then everyone would be like, oh shit, it's the guy from Sugar Call. Fuck that. And they like click off.
1: <laughs> no way, know. come but on.
0: No, no, but um so my name's Marco Desantis, and um, I'm from originally from Santa Barbara, California. I live in LA. Um, got a wife and two kids that I know about, and um, I uh, mostly, you know, I guess my my the most successful thing I've done um, professionally was this band Sugar Cult that uh, you know we we put out um, our first record twenty years ago this year That's by the crazy. way It was in two thousand one yeah. yeah fucking crazy. Um, and um, we started out in nineteen ninety nine in Santa Barbara. And then we eventually moved down to LA, and then put our record in two thousand one. Put out another record. Uh, we put we put out about three records, three full length studio records. Had a few hit songs on the radio. A song called "Bouncing Off the Walls" was pretty yep. big. A song called "Pretty Girl," a song called "Memory" was was a big, pretty big hit. And got to do a lot of cool shit. You know, we got to um, we started off our first tour ever was the Warp Tour two thousand one. <laughs> again, twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, From right now, and then we did. So we did about three warp tours. We got to open for Green Day on their American Idiot tour, which was a pretty amazing experience. Um, Got to open for Blink One Eighty Two when they toured in Europe. Got to do a bunch of our own headlining shows. We we did tons of touring. We toured for like probably about ten years. and then um, started to slow down around the time that we all started families, unsurprisingly, right. you know? Um, and then our singer actually has become, in the last few years, he's become a really like, first call record producer and songwriter for other artists, so right, I mean, currently, as we speak, he has like the number one song on the radio, with a band called I Don't Know How But They Found Me. Um, people call it IDK How, um, you know, but they have a song on the radio right now. He had, uh, you know, he did that song, Shut Up and Dance for the band Walk the Moon. Oh, crazy. He did the song, all the big hits by that band, Neon Trees, Animal, um, uh, what was That's their a great names? album. Yeah, 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 everybody talks. So, so Tim's our singer from Sugar Call, he's had crazy. his fingerprints on a lot of shit in the last few years that became really big on the radio. So he's like, everyone calls him to produce the record and, and co-write with him. So he's super busy, which also, in case anybody's wondering, explains why Sugar Cult has been kind of off the map for a while. Um, we never really officially broke up, but we kind of just went on this hiatus and then the hiatus kind of ended up like enabling us to all pursue other things that we, had, you know, wanted to do, like, you know, get into it with raising our families and, and other projects. And you know, it is what it is. It's one of those things where like I still don't know. Like I always leave a light on for sugar call. Like hopefully we'll come yeah. back and do something again someday. But it, it, you know, there's it's not like we had a big falling out and we're like, fuck you, we're out. You know, there was never like some big like tumultuous end. It was just kind of like you know, it just sort of like fizzled out and still then down. we had some drama with our record company eventually. We had a really great run. Everything was just amazing, and then it's just just like naturally, it just sort of reached a, a point where it was like, maybe this is a good chance for us all to not just force the party. Let's let's not yeah. just like force this. Um, let's all just kind of take a beat and figure something else out. And if this feels right, we'll do it again. And if it doesn't, then you know, the last thing we ever wanted to do was kind of be like, I mean, going back to what I'm saying, like from the beginning, like you, music should come from a playful, fun, it should be a labor of love it shouldn't be like I don't like the fucking idea of like well I do this because I need to sell some fucking hoodies and t-shirts because I need to feed my family and that's why I'm no music should not be a fucking day job music should be that you have to protect your muse it should be a fucking um, you know it should be a wonderful thing that accidentally if you're lucky catches in turns into a career and then if it does turn into a career, I think you have a responsibility not to be greedy and just keep doing it because you want to keep churning out fucking hoodies and making uh, festival money. You should do it because it's still fun. And if it stops being fun, then maybe you should get out of the way and let somebody else do it. Cause there's so many people who want to fucking play music. Right. And you know, um, and I get it. If someone's like, well, it's my livelihood and I got to do this. Yeah, that's cool. But like, no one, like, again, remember, you get to do this, you don't have to do this. And therefore, if you get to do it for five minutes, then you got to do it for five minutes longer than most people ever get to do it in their life. So be kind of of be happy with what you get. Although I'll be the first to admit, if someone knocked on my door right now and said, dude, you wanna go on tour? I'd be like, hey bro, gotta go, see you later. Let's finish this podcast (laughs) later. I mean, I'm always, I just, but not because I need the money, it's because I just love the life. I love traveling, I love meeting people, I love um, playing shows. Um, I love the chaos and the and the constant adventure of it all, you know? Um, I mean, who doesn't need, everyone needs fucking money, but like, sure. I was just as happy when I was broke as a joke, sleeping on my friend's couch, with like $20 to my name, as I was when I was fucking doing like, naked fucking snow angels in the Egyptian cotton sheets in some fucking Four Seasons hotel that some radio station was paying for, you know what I mean? Right. It's all, it's as long as it, it means you get to play music, then, then fuck yeah, it's fun, right? Anyway, so yeah, so sugar call another band I have is a band called Bad Astronaut, which basically has been around almost as long as sugar call. We started yeah. Bad Astronaut shortly after sugar call M- me and Joey Cape and um, my old neighborhood friend Derek, who me and Joey had in common because Joey was in a band with him for years of a lag wagon. And I was um, had been in a, you know, my early bands with him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what I, I about. have kids like, yeah. think about, I don't know about you dude, but we have two kids. And when we were first trying to have a kid. It was like a lot harder than I thought. I thought it was like, well, you just do the thing you always do, except where you just don't wear protection or you just fire yeah. the goalie or whatever. And like even then, it's like for us to have our first kid, it took a long time. I mean, granted, I was also on tour, so that that added a little extra, you know,
1: complexity challenge.
0: Yeah. You had to like fly her out and like clear out the back lounge of the tour bus, and like you know. <laughs> It's complicated. It's not, as, it's not just like, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, wait nine months, now you got a family. It's like, it takes time to just, yeah. there's no guarantees you're even going to have a kid. Right. If it's going to take, and if then the kid's going to, the you know, the pregnancy's going to go full term, then the kid's going to be born, and then there's not going to be complicated. I mean, every step of the way, it's, there's okay. no guarantees. You have to just like, so you can either like live in a constant state of dread and panic of like, holy shit, what what if this happens? What if that happens? Or you can just kind of go, okay, well, this happened so far. So let's like, look at that part of it. Yeah. So I guess there's a there's a certain amount of glass half full. It, sure. Like you said, it's perspective. Is this glass half full? Or is it half empty? I'll tell you what it is. It's not filled with coffee. So fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great, I like. That. And we can I mean, this is a parenting podcast. Yeah. right? And I think that has a lot to do with like, maybe the way I've raised kids too. It's like parenting is a lot like that too, where you're like, okay, this is how it's gonna be. This is how we do things in this family. This is how we are. This is what we think is cool. This is what we think is lame. This is what we eat. This is what we do. This is where we live. And then there's a certain amount of like, okay, now I'm just gonna take one hand off the wheel. Okay, now I'm just like, kind of like, now I'm gonna let you drive, but I'm gonna sit in the the passenger seat and sort of (laughs) <laughs> be a, your annoying backseat driver and then eventually there's a time my kids about to turn 16 my my oldest and I'm freaking the fuck out about this shit yeah. there will come a time where you're like all right try not to fucking you know hopefully hopefully some of the shit that I taught you is going to stick i already know like half you know you're going to have to reinvent a lot of the shit for yourself and learn you know learn the hard way but hopefully you don't learn the hard way too much yeah. and then there's probably a time where they move out of the house or whatever where you literally Kind of relinquish control and you're like, all right, you're a grown up, you can make your own decisions. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. you know.
1: So, Marco, where were you in kind of your career? You just said your oldest is about 16, so that would put you right around lights out coming out yeah, around that right.
0: time. Well, um, I'll tell you exactly um, while we were on the 2004 Warp Tour playing in support of our Power, Palm Trees and Power Lines mm-hmm. record. Uh, we were playing at Randall's Island in New York and I was like fanboying out to the drummer, of Bruce Springsteen, um, who happened to be there cause I think his kid was in one of the bands, uh, Max Weinberg, he yeah, was yeah. there and I was like, you know, Hey dude, can I get a picture with you? I was just fucking, you know, being a, uh, you know, rock groupie and freaking out that he was there. And my wife who happened to have flown out for, um, to join us on the tour, she was like, Hey man, I got to talk to you about something real quick. And I was just like. I'm fucking Bruce Springsteen. He's like, because I thought I was about to get chewed out for something. You know, I thought she was gonna like, you know, bitch me out about something. I was like, oh great, I'm in trouble. So I was like, cool man. So tell me about um Born to Run. Hey, can we get a picture together? I was like trying to like prolong it because I was like, oh god, I know this is gonna be fucking this this you know I'm on this high. I just got off stage and now, now I'm talking to this fucking rock star, and my wife's just like trying to bring me back down to earth, and I just want to like stay up here as long as possible before she just. Pops the balloon, and then I was like, okay, um, you know. And then I was like, okay, what's going on? You know. She's like, um, so yeah, so we're we're actually pregnant. And I was like, oh fuck, you know. I was like,
1: this is even better than talking to yeah. the guy
0: from Bruce Springsteen. You know, it was it was amazing because um, we had been trying for a while, and you know, to the point where it was like, oh shit, I don't know. Maybe this is not gonna happen. Maybe I'm fucking. Maybe I'm shooting blanks. I don't know what's going on. Like. And then it was like, Oh my gosh, we're pregnant. That's crazy. So that was in summer of t- 2004. I heard about it. Okay. Then, um, yeah. So then he was born, um, uh, actually he was born the same month that Derek died. which is kind of crazy. Oh wow. very like high, high, low, low, yeah, uh, no March, kidding. March of 2005. And to add to that, there's actually kind of a crazy story, which I'll, I, I should tell you like in a really, I'll tell you in a quick way, because I have another kid. Then I have, we had another kid. With my, so that's my son, the, the one that was born in 2005. My daughter was born in 2006. So my son was born right before, we, like right at the end of the sort of palm trees and power lines era, and while we were making lights out, while we are starting to make lights out, because that was the whole plan. We were like, we knew I was pregnant, and it was like, okay, well, we've been touring nonstop s- since 2001. So we're like, okay, we're leaving 2005 open because Marco's going to have a kid. Our drummer had just had a kid. Our drummer Kenny had just had his kid like a year earlier. So he was already like a guy on the road, like watching his kid do all their firsts through his, you know, through his computer through yeah. like Skype or whatever back then. And so we were like, okay, let's take a year, not take a year off, but let's take a year to just kind of like clear our calendar. We're not going to do any touring. We'll just rehearse. We'll naturally start writing songs again. Cause otherwise it's like, we already made our first record, which is the Start Static, which is the song, the yeah. record you've taken your whole life to write. Then we made our second record, which is the, the the you know, quintessential sophomore record where half the songs are about missing home and being on the road and fucking, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So we're like, well, what are we going to do for our third record? How is this third record going to have its own identity if we don't like allow it the space to naturally sort of happen? Otherwise, it's just going to be another version of Palm Trees and Power Lines if we just keep on touring, you know, and so... We, we kind of allotted 2005 to just take a break. Yeah. And then shit started to happen where we'd get these calls and someone would be like, can you play a show? And we're like, oh, we're not playing shows right now. And then they'd be like, well, what if we pay you like an insane amount of money? And we'd be like, oh, well, how many days would we have to be out there? And they'd be like, we just literally fly you out on a Friday, you play the show on a Saturday, and fly you home on Sunday, and we were like, Okay, sure, fine, (laughs) you know. It's my arm. Um, And then that happened, like honestly, we made more money the year we said we we would not tour than probably the other previous years combined. It's one of those things where I think we had devalued ourselves because we just thought like, well, we're, you know, we almost like had this like desperation. Like we're like, well, we started touring this, these, everyone must be mistaken. yeah, Cause they somehow let us into this party. So let's just stay in here and not try to sneak out be, or not to, not leave to go to the bathroom because if, then they're going to catch us when we try to get back in. Right. And then we started when we said, absolutely not. Then the, the, the guarantees and the offers started coming in and we're like, holy shit. So then we just threw something out. We're like, okay. We told our booking agent, we're like, we'll only do a sh- like if they want us to do a show, we can only do one-off shows this year, and it has to be for this much money. If we have to fly there, and it has to be for this much money, if, if it's something that's like outside of our where we live, you know, and then they just started coming in, and so suddenly we had this like crazy life where it was like a, something that resembled a domestic life. But also, like on the weekends, we'd have like one off shows. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I could get used to this. This is actually kind of <laughs> rad. Like, I mean, I miss the t- you know touring and there's nothing beats touring, but like, I was like, this is pretty cool, especially since, you know, I have a, a newborn baby. Okay, so let me backtrack though, because this is the more f- f- interesting part of the story. We're on tour with Green Day in America. Yeah. While we're on tour with Green Day in America, you know, pregnant, 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 they ask us, would you go on tour with us to Japan? You know, and we're like, Crazy. hell, fucking yeah, we yeah. love Japan, we love Green Day, let's go. And so we kind of said to ourselves, we're like, that'll be our last tour, that'll be our last tour. We tour with Green Day in Japan. That'll be like, our singer grew up with like Green Day posters plastering his wall. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. If we can like, we've had this nonstop, nonstop touring because we never stopped touring even while we were making Palm Trees and Power Lines because Start Static came out in Europe and Japan two years later. Right and took off there. So like all through Palm Trees and Power Lines, writing and recording, we were like taking breaks and jumping over and playing like festivals in Europe and going to Japan and doing like a week of shows. Green. So we never stopped touring for like literally almost five years. And we're like, we'll finish off by opening for Green Day in Japan for a week. And then we'll come home and we'll take our break and we'll make yeah. our record, Marco will have his baby. All these things will happen. And it'll be a whole new chapter for Sugar Call. Okay. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Yeah. <laughs> we're in Tokyo and it's the second night of a two night uh, run at this giant fucking sports arena opening for Green Day. You know, And me and our singer are in our hotel room and we're like, dude, again, what are we doing? We get to do this, we don't have to do this. Why are we sitting in a fucking hotel room checking our email? We're in Tokyo, and we just fucking open for Green Day two nights in a row. And so we are like, you're right get your fucking shoes on. Let's go. And we like hit the bar. There's this club that you always go to in Japan called the the uh, new Lex it used to be called the Lexington queen. You just go there and like anyone who's in town is going to be there. It's going to be raging. They always give bands free drinks and we just go there and it's this raging bar. And I guess like I'm totally name dropping here, but some other, some other people we knew were in town because they were backing up um, the girl, Avril Lavigne, who's like oh, a yeah. big pop star. And she had played in town, so we were trying to connect. Like, hey, you guys should bring your <laughs> crew, crew over. We're all gonna be this bar. It's gonna be some big, you know, um, American musicians in Tokyo, raging night. So we're at this crazy thing, and we're in this, we're in this like, you know, fucking, you know, booth with like bottles on the table. That yeah. whole kind of crazy shit. And all this is happening is music pumping. There's just like girls everywhere, and then someone like taps me on the shoulder and like hands me this fucking um, note. And it's like, it's like someone from the club and it says like, call your wife. And I'm like, oh shit, what the <laughs> fuck? I mean, so out of context, because we're just raging at this club. And like, um, and I'm like, whoa, that's like, how'd they even know I was here? Like, how'd they find me? Like, how sad is that? Like, oh, I know where he is. He's probably <laughs> at the fucking bar, you know? And well, it turns out like, I had a cell phone with me like in Japan, but there was like no service because we were in this in this bar they had called like our a r Japanese A&R person. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, my, my wife probably called my manager who probably called my Japanese a person who was, was then like, okay, I'm gonna call like a couple of the different places where I think the band might be. Called that place, said our sugar cult there. They were like, yes, okay, can you give, can you write this down in English and give it to the guy with a fucking big nose who talks too much? And they found me in the crowd and like gave that to me. Next thing you know, I'm in this like little tiny production office in this dark fucking loud place in, in Tokyo. And I'm trying to make this like long distance call, but like you know, yeah. Um, and I call her, and she's like, "Yeah, um, my water broke," and I and I didn't know what that meant because like I'd been on tour. Most guys who are about to have a kid, like they go to birthing classes and you do all that shit. I think I had read some of the books, you know, but like I didn't understand that my water broke meant I was like, "Oh, oh awesome! Your water broke. Cool. Well, I'll be home in like four days, so that's awesome. That <laughs> everything's right, right on schedule because you're supposed to be born in like three weeks." And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm like literally on my way to the hospital right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, okay, that's cool. So I'll just like get home as soon as I can, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and literally like I was in Tokyo and I, and, and luckily we had this guy with us on that tour who was filming us. Um, Cause we were sort of making this weird, like just like documentary type of thing. We are just bringing this guy out every once in a while. The idea of eventually putting on a documentary, which we did put out. You can, mm-hmm. I think it's free on my Twitter. If you look at my Twitter feed, I, I you know, it's somewhere up there. But um, anyway, long story short, sorry, I'm talking your ears off here. Um, I'm like operating under the completely unrealistic assumption that there's some magical way that I'm gonna be able to like Literally get on the next plane and get home and get to the hospital before the kid is born Yeah, and I'm hundred percent like with my tour manager. I'm like, let's find it I don't care if I have to like do like ten layovers and whatever like let's just get me home We got to figure it out and and I told like the band I was like you got to play the last show without me just to play it as a three-piece right like giving up a show opening for Green Day at an arena and fucking you know, it was one more show left on the tour there was a day off and then one more show, and then there was a day off, and then they would come home. And I was like, I need to get home right now. And did everything, jumped in the thing, and all this is documented, by the way. The guy's yeah. like, I got my camera. Sorry. He's like, I got my camera. So he's like, This shit's documented on our DVD, which is kind of cool to have, like for me to share sure. with my kids now, yeah. you know. But um anyway, so I get to the hotel, we make the flight and, and there's the only one way to get home. And I get, and, you know, the flights aren't until the next morning and I get on the flight or, or I'm sorry, I get to the airport and I call from the airport. I was like, how's it going? You know? And she's like, uh, well, it's a, do you want to know which we had? And I'm like, oh shit, you know? So I missed the birth, but I was like, at least I get to know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and she's like, it's a boy. Cause we hadn't found out the, the, you know, the gender. Okay. And so she's like, it's a boy and he looks like you. And I was like, you know, I was like, that's rad. And, um. Uh, you know, of course, I was like, "Well, I'll be home soon and I'll just go straight to the hospital from when I land. And um the you know, then I had this like sudden like crazy thought, or, like this morbid thought. I was like, "Great, I'm gonna fucking get on that plane and it's gonna crash." And like she's gonna spend the rest of her life being like, "Well, at least your dad knew you were born. And he's gonna be like, "Yeah, <laughs> right. You're just saying that to make me feel good. You know, And I was like, I had this whole fucking like narrative constructed in my mind. <laughs> Like,
1: oh man, get in the
0: plane, it's gonna crash, and it's gonna be that kind of a fucking story. The end, he was opening for Green Day, his kid was born, and he fucking crashed, you know. So, I was like a hundred percent, and I'm not like someone who suffers from like anxiety disorder or anything, yeah. but like, I hundred percent thought that was gonna happen. So, I like went and like bought a postcard and like wrote her a letter and like oh, mailed wow. it at the airport because you, know, you have like an hour to kill at the airport, yeah. And like bought a stamp and like mailed it from the airport i was like just in case <laughs> i don't know if it said like just in case i die you know <laughs> it was just like you know so i mailed the letter and and then not, naturally i didn't die and here i am yeah, yeah. so i got there and i got to, straight to the hospital and there was the kid fast forward a year later we're on tour in america for lights out yeah and i'm like oh shit, we're pregnant again and i'm on tour again i know mm. how this story ends so the whole time I was like sleeping with one eye open. I had already like been tre- like teaching our guitar tech some of my parts and like guys in the other yeah. opening bands. I was like, dude, at any given time, I might just disappear. Cause if I hear my, my wife's going into labor, like I gotta get home this time. Cause I can't miss both my kids being born. Right. Okay. So we're in Memphis, Tennessee and we have a show that night at the new Daisy theater in Memphis. And I'm just, as you fucking know now from listening to this whole thing if you've gone this far first of all you're a glutton for punishment (laughs) go outside get some fucking air drink a glass of water we're almost done Um,
1: (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there
0: we'll get there and so i get to I'm, i'm walking around memphis and i'm getting like i'm not that guy i'm not gonna fucking sit in the tour bus and play video games i'm like hitting the ground running first thing in the morning i'm like such a fucking nerd i'm like dude i'm going to the fucking sun of course i've yeah. been there before but i gotta go back i gotta go to stacks you know you can go to stack soul museum and then at the stack soul museum i'm like taking notes on like the fucking addresses of where other cool shit happened like yeah. where aretha franklin grew up and where like fucking al green's recording studio is and you know and I'm like, dude, I got to go to that place. I want to go find like the, the little, like, yeah. like finding the fucking discord house or something. You're like, I gotta go find that place. Cause it's such a, it's such a vibe when you're in Memphis, you realize like, like DC or like LA or like sure. Santa Barbara or like New York, when you're checking out CBGBs and all that shit, you realize like this thing that changed the fucking world literally happened in a fucking neighborhood. Yeah, And, and that neighborhood is like. An unassuming, just like there's some shitty little liquor store on the corner, and some kid just roll- riding his bike down the street, and then you take a couple turns, and you're at the place where like fucking Elvis yeah, Presley fucking was made. Break. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's yeah. insane. Same thing happened when I was in Europe. I went to, um, I had a guy driving me around Liverpool when we were in Liverpool playing shows, and it's the same thing with the Beatles. You're like, dude, they were fucking. Na- they- it was like me, Dave, and Derek. They were yeah. literally, they weren't a band because they. Wanted to be a band. They were a band because they lived in the same neighborhood. Yeah Just random chance that they happen to fucking live around the corner from each other And it's like the same thing everywhere you go So I always like I tell that to I say that to emphasize like whoever might be watching this look around Wherever you are and don't sit there going. Well, it's too bad. I don't live in fucking the East Village and it's not 1977 because otherwise, that could be the Ramones and Blondie and the Talking Heads. Yeah. Like you are the Ramones and Blondie of the Talking Heads. Just fucking do it in your in your neighborhood. Do it where you are, and right, then right. make that the rad thing. Anywhere that that anything is any scene has ever grown out of Detroit, Michigan. If you go to um, if you go to uh, Motown Records, it's just a little fucking craftsman house. And then they bought the house next to him, And then they bought the house next, and then eventually they yeah. bought the whole block, you know, they never actually thought, let's build a skyscraper. They just yeah. built, bought the whole neighborhood and turned it into like a fucking soul factory, you know, yeah, and yeah. same thing in, in Memphis. Anyway, so I'm in Memphis nerding out on that trajectory and you know, I'd gone see, I'd seen son and, and he, this sounds kind of rock star and prima donna, so I apologize, but I literally was like, It's really hard to hail a taxi. This is before Uber and Lyft. It's really hard to hail a taxi in places like Memphis. It's not like New York where there's just fucking taxis going by every five minutes. So I had this one taxi, and I needed to see a lot of shit because it's like I was, you know, sound check was going to be at like three o'clock, and I need to see a lot of shit in a short amount of time. So I had this taxi, and I was like, "Can you just kind of like come with me for the day and like leave the meter running while I run inside and take a bunch of pictures?" Because I didn't want to have to keep calling another taxi. And she was this like elderly black woman I mean she had to be in her late 60s early 70s and just like super sweet you know kind of talking to me in that slow southern drawl and just like you know why would you want to go see that old blaze that neighborhood you're gonna get killed in that neighborhood and I was just like no just take me there come on it was awesome, and so we'd go, and I'd run into these places for a short amount of time, and then run back out, and she'd be there waiting for me. So we went to like a couple different places, and eventually I was like, okay, I want to go see this record store called Shangri La Records, yep. which is um right by another studio called Ardent Records, and you know I just wanted to like flip through some records and check out some cool shit, and um, so I'm in there, and while I'm looking through the records, by the way, I had had an argument with my wife. <laughs> Yeah. You're like watching this you're like they argue a lot, huh? <laughs> um, but like, yeah.
1: It so happened. Argument with her or
0: like that morning where she was like, you know, yelling at me about something and I was like, oh, I don't know and whatever. Okay, you know what? Fine. Just you know, it was one of those arguments that like ended in hanging up. Like she hung yeah. up on me. And so then I'm flipping through records and on my like Nokia phone, this is like, you know, 15 yeah. years ago, or whatever. Um uh, I see it ringing and I'm like, oh, I'm having some I'm so in my happy place right now. I'm in a record store flipping through the fucking, you know, whatever <laughs> records and you know, bopping along and I got sound check in an hour. And I'm just like looking at the phone, I'm like, and, and literally I was like, oh, I should probably fucking pick it up because I mean, you know, God forbid she's got something going on related to the pregnancy. I better, you know, and I was like, okay, what's going on? Like, let me have it. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. You're gonna just lay into me some more. Let's go. And she's just like, okay, so um, you know, my water broke, and I'm I'm, I'm driving myself right now. <laughs> she's like, she's like, bad news, my water broke. Good news is I I brought our car in to get repaired, so I actually have a loaner because the water broke in the car. <laughs> so like, You know, so funny. I'm like, okay, great. So at least our seats of our car aren't ruined. Yeah. Uh,
1: and <laughs> yeah, she's that's like, go to the your airport
0: just get throwing it out there for you in case you want to try and make it. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, um, well, I'll see you in a little bit. Um, you know, I'm just like, walk outside. The lady's just like, where to now, honey? And I'm like, um, I just need to swing by the tour bus real quick and grab my cell phone charger. And then we're gonna need to go ahead and go to the airport. And she's like, okay, <laughs> You know, <laughs> so I go to the tour bus. My tour manager, Mike Leonard jumps in with me and um, you know, and he's like, total sweetheart and he's just in there with me and we're literally both on our phones just like trying our best or maybe blackberries I don't remember what we had back then yeah and he's just like Oh, well, I found you a flight here well I found you oh there's a flight to LA through Dallas that's probably your best bet And I'm like okay cool let's just book it book a one-way ticket on my way to the airport get to the airport fucking sketchy-looking guy you know me walking in the airport with no suitcase literally yeah. I didn't have a suitcase didn't have anything but like my phone and my charger in my hand and like, just like a one-way ticket. So yeah, they're cool. looking at me like, okay, <laughs> you're either on the run from the law or you're a fucking like, you're like loaded with explosives or like something's wrong with you. Yeah. Like you're fucking, or you're like crazy whacked out on drugs or something. And so I'm getting the full like, okay, we gotta st- st- search this guy. I don't know, like let's search him twice, you know? Yeah. And I get on the plane, go to Dallas and They're like, okay, great. So there's your flight leaves in an hour. And I'm like, I know, you know, thinking about how my previous birth went, I was like, is there any plane anywhere in this airport that leaves to LA like anytime sooner than that? And they're like, well, there's one that leaves in about five minutes, but there's, you know, there's no possible way you're going to get to it because it's like, if you've ever been to Dallas, like the airport's like structured like this frame. It's like, you know, like the, Terminals are like around it's like a big rectangle and and you can't just like run across it You have to like go around the whole thing on some fucking tram and I'm like well I have to at least she's like you're welcome to try and So I just got take off running and like jump, you know running on the escalator. There's some guy standing there You're like, excuse me get out of the way, you know, yeah Got on the tram I ran the thing and literally it was way more than five minutes, but I get there and like there was like You know the the gate was completely empty, but there was like this lady on her in her wheelchair who was fumbling and they were like having a hard time like the, the the flight attendants were having a hard time like helping her stand up and get her boarding pass and like
1: yeah.
0: get it through the door and that's the only reason why they hadn't closed the door yet right so that's where you just get all fucking, ah, like divine intervention yeah. shit. and i go up to the thing i'm like out of breath weird guy with long hair just like dude okay so can i get on this plane you know and they're like and you know, I tried not to say like my wife's having a baby because I thought yeah. like sometimes you get that salty person at the airport that were like, "I'm gonna take extra pleasure."
1: Yeah. To, <laughs>
0: this guy to fuck off, you know. <laughs> and so I was like, I was trying not to act too excited about. It. I was like. Hi, is there any way I could please get, you know, I'm like, ah, 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 is there any way I could please get on this flight right now? Um, and she's like, um, yeah, we are very lucky because the doors haven't closed yet. Sure, what's your name? And I just happened to get a nice person. Crazy. And, I, and, and then I had the nerve to give them my frequent flyer number so I get credit for it. I was like, can I also give you my, uh? yeah. And I get on the plane, I land, my stepdad picks me up at the airport, race on the 405. I get straight to the hospital, run up the stairs and 15 minutes later, she was born.
1: Oh man. So you made it. I made it. Isn't oh, that fucking crazy. crazy? See, awesome. I would
0: have lost, I would have missed it had I not ran for that plane. For and sure. then I, you know, I'm like, fuck, I'm like snipping the umbilical cord. I don't even think I've washed my hands since I was in that record store. Like <laughs> such a crazy story. That
1: you know, is crazy. So oh man. I'm glad you made it. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, dude. So were you, and I know we're kind of uh, yeah, yeah. running low on time here, but were you, okay like you kind of found out about being a dad in those kind of really unique situations. Were you afraid of, of becoming a dad?
0: Not really, because it's something I always saw myself doing. It's something I always wanted, you know, there's like probably like two things I, you know, thought about when I was younger, I was like, I definitely want to be, um, you know, I definitely want to like play music and I definitely want to have a family, you know? And of course, both of those things seem equally far-fetched when you're like, you know, 15 years old, right. just thinking about like, what do I want to do with my life? Um, and then you just kind of go, oh, how am I going to make those things happen? Well, I don't know. They seem, both of them seem probably playing, <laughs> probably becoming like a professional musician seemed more of a pl- pl- plausible idea at that point in my life. I was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to meet some chick and then like eventually get married and eventually have kids or whatever, you know? Uh, but, you know, the funny thing is, and this sounds kind of like, I guess it sounds kind of like eye roll inducing, but. Like it's funny because a friend of mine just announced the other day, he's like, dude, we're, we're, we're having our first kid. And I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. And I, and I, t- I wrote to him, I said, well, you know, maybe I'll just read you exactly what I wrote to him. Cause it was on Instagram and he was stoked on it. I won't tell you who it is. Cause then I just sound like a name dropping <laughs> idiot. But like, um, let me see if I can, if I can read it to you real quick, otherwise I'll, I'll spare you guys the, the um, that's all good. but basically I just said to him, I was like, um, oh, yeah, here's what I said. I was like, he said he's having a kid and I was like, I was like, congratulations. I was like, I found that so many of the important skills, mindset and instincts necessary for good parenting are almost exactly the same as the ones for being a musician. Um, I was like, music people are innately creative, problem solvers, troubleshooters, um, that are comfortably living in the moment, working the crowd, finding the fun and the chaos compromising and negotiating in a group dynamic, but also knowing when to stand your ground and draw the line, maneuvering the unexpected and adapting to whatever happens. And then I said, us band guys, cause he's in a band too, obviously, us band guys also have a lot of experience dealing with sleep deprivation from touring and cry babies from lead singers, you know, <laughs> I mean, bandmates, you know, and um, vomit, you know, also drunk, bandmates, right? Yeah. So you're used to like, oh, someone's projectile vomiting, and we're in a fucking van, and uh, we, gotta, we can't support, we, you know, we're too late, running late for the show, so we can't pull over, so we're just gonna deal with it. Yeah. Welcome to being a parent. You know, yeah, it's almost no exactly kidding. the same thing. <laughs> so I just said, like, enjoy the ride, dude. I have two That's kids, great. and it never stops being amazing. Having children is so wonderful. It sweetens the deal and purpose of living life and gives you access to unimaginable levels, unimaginable levels of true love. And he was stoked. He was like, thank you so much. That makes me good about doing this. And honestly, I, I say that and, and I know it sounds a little silly, but it really is like, and, and I have a, I'm, well, you have a whole podcast about this. You're talking to guys from bands and I imagine you hear a similar thing. It's like, no. who knew that this weird, this weird fucking like renegade quest to be in a band and like pull it off somehow and make it happen and then just ride the ride of, Going on tour and making records and dealing with like interpersonal dynamics within the band, all the drama that happens and everything. Who knew that those things are basically fucking boot camp yeah. for being a parent? Like I didn't know, like I, I would have never might be the best parents. <laughs> you yeah, know?
1: I would have never kind of thought about it that way, but you're totally right. Like I think one of the hardest things for new parents is like your whole life gets flipped on its head, right? Like all of a sudden it's like. I don't know how to change a diaper, swaddle the baby or like, what if they throw up? What if they're sick? What if you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's that adaptability, you kind of have to, you know, adapt to the situation. And that's so much of what parenting is. And that's exactly what you're kind of describing.
0: I mean, it's such its such a trip, it, it really does use a lot of the same muscle groups, you know, because I mean, if you're playing a show in front of a bunch of people, and you're fucking break a string, you can't just throw your hands up in the air and be like, ah, you have to find a way, you know, and you know, if you, you learn to just, you know, kind of hope for the best plan for the worst and just yep. be be prepared, okay? Breaking strings, something that, that could possibly happen. So maybe I'll have a backup guitar, you know? Um, if I don't have a backup guitar, I better find another way to like, uh, sort of improvise something differently. And uh, no, I don't know what I'm doing. No, I'm not a fucking like classically trained musician who can just instantly fucking, you know, f- modulate something and figure it, you know, but yeah. because of that, you still, maybe if anything, I mean, this sounds even more fucking cringe inducing, but like, maybe if nothing else, not just musicians, but punk rock, people with punk rock past, yeah. you know, because like, some about, something about punk is like, the spirit of punk is to just like, do it, in a, you know, do it regardless of whether you're pr- professionally prepared to do it or not, right. just kind of that spirit of like, fuck it. Let's, like I said, we're in our room trying to learn songs by other bands and it sounds like shit, so let's make up our own songs. And kind of making up your own rules. And there's, there's, you know, all these years into it, I look back and I, and I look at people who have done that with their, um, they've applied it to their family life, they've applied it to their people, lots of people I know that, are, that come from punk rock and have gone on to start incredible, um, you know, other journeys in their life that have nothing to do directly with music. They've started businesses, they've started restaurants, they've started all kinds of things. Um, and I think it all comes from the same source, which is kind of like that sort of attitude of like, doing it, kind of creating your own world, your own universe with right. within the means that you have. And I think that's kind of what you're doing when you're starting a family. Really when you're starting a family, you are, what you're doing is no different than when people start a band. You start out not knowing what the hell you're doing, And you take that sort of just leap of faith, just going, okay, well, lots of people have done this before, so I'm probably going to be okay. And then you, like I said, you flunk upwards, you learn from, you know, oh, I thought my baby was hungry, but they're still crying. So maybe they need a diaper change. Oh, I thought they needed a diaper change, but they don't have that. Maybe there's something else. And you just kind of, you, you kind of learn while you're, you learn as you go, you know, And, and I mean, what else can you do? Yeah, it's <laughs> that know? DIY thing,
1: right? Like, it's just yeah. I'm not I'm not an expert at this. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I can figure it out. Yeah, and I mean like, I how old are your kids? So I've got a two year old and a five year old, both girls. Okay.
0: Oh, those are fun ages, man. They're fun and frustrating and yeah. terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, daughter, yeah, it yeah, oscillates every step of the way. It, it continues. Like, there's always like these. You know, I don't think it ever like. There's no there or there. You never like. Oh, made it through the ter- terrible twos. Now yeah. you know. There's always another like level of things that are awesome about it and things that are completely terrifying about it and frustrating and all that. And my kids are now 14 and 15, um, going on 16. And um, and it's like, it's the same thing. But one thing I've I've done with my kids is like, I can't remember who, who gave me this advice, but I kind of went, I, everyone, now that they're this age, I mean, when your kids are two and five, you probably can't do this. But like, I look to my kids and I'm like, you guys, like, I want you to, at this point, like you're part of this too, and like I've never been a dad before. First of all, I've never been a dad before. Before you guys, I've never a dad. Um, in my case, I didn't even have a dad. I was raised by a single mom, so I'm like I'm completely going like on instinct here. Yeah, I, you know, I've read a couple books, but like you know, most of this is is instinct and um, and maybe observation. Like you see what your friends are doing. You see what your friends that have kids a couple years older than your kids are doing. You see what, um, you think back to your life and your mm-hmm. your own upbringing and your friends' upbringings and go, okay, wh- why is that family like, why was that, why did, why did that kid turn out like that? Well, let me think about it now that I'm older, what were his parents like? Oh, when I go to his house, his dad was like fucking yelling and throwing shit across the room all the time. Oh, that parent um, was like, allowed us to like fucking rent porno movies from the fucking video right. store. You know, that parent let us do whatever the fuck we wanted. This parent had really strict rules and dinner was at this time. And then you sort of put it all together and you go, okay, let me take, what was good about that? What was good about that? And what, what are the, some of the the, uh, evidence are how those people turned out. Yeah. <laughs> you go, Maybe that person, you know, we all know those people in life where you're like that person was never fucking told no for sure. Or that person was, was given way too much fucking heavy shit when they were way too young to carry it. And now they spent their entire adulthood like feeling fucking, you know, like miserable and depressed yeah. and bummed out because they just never got to be a kid, you know? And, um, and so like you kind of find, you learn by like trial and error, not unlike when you're learning how to play an instrument or forming a band. You learn by like, hey, what's that guy playing? Oh, what kind of gear is that guy using? Oh, I noticed that guy wraps his cable around his, Guitar strap, and that's probably why he never pulls his guitar. Yeah, thing never falls out in the middle of the show. Oh, that person tunes in between songs. Hmm, no wonder they always sound better live. Oh, that person sucks at drums. Oh, that person's good at drums. Why does that person suck? Why is that person good? Oh, that person practices. That person, you know, and you just learn by ob- observing. And it's the yeah. same thing with having kids. So, what I do with my kids now because they're 14 and 15 is like I go to them, I say, I've never really been a dad before. So, um, I, you know, forgive me if like, I didn't handle that situation the best way it could possibly have been handled. Um, and like, could I like maybe have done it differently? Could I like not flown off the handle about that thing? Or could and then maybe could you have like, what could you have done better? Like after like a blowout or something like that? Kind of Reverse engineer it. And then I'll be like, I just kind of give them like a little bit of owner like skin in the game. Like, hey, you're I'm I'm in charge of taking care of you guys and raising you, but you're also in charge of doing your part. And like, um, like, let me know how I, you think I could have handled it better. Let me know what you need. Let me know what you're not getting enough of. You know, I'm like, this is like, this is a group effort, like a band. You might have a primary songwriter and like a more outspoken yeah. member, and then you might have people that are a little bit more passive and just play more of a supportive role. But like, at the end of the day, your your band is only going to be as good as Everybody you know as the weakest right. link in the band. So it's like it'd it be you know, it's it's in everybody's best Everyone's success is everyone's success. So it's like, you know a good band like front person is is Going to be a good leader too, if right? They, you know and so you so I sort of try to do that with the kids I'm like, I'm like, you know, hey, I've never really done this before so like Thanks for letting me like kind of learn as I go, <laughs> you know, but like how about you? Like, you've never been 14 before. What do you think? I've been 15 before. I've been 14 before. Like I can tell you some shit, but I will say that that was back in the, that was a long time ago. That was like another era. It was like eighties and nineties. So like, obviously it's, I don't want to hold you to the same, you know, I, me and my wife catch ourselves every once in a while going like, if I was, when I was a kid, if I would have done that, blah, 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 blah. You yeah. have to remember that's like, the equivalent of when we were kids saying, with our parents saying that, and you're like, I can't even relate. Like that right. sounds like you're talking about like, you know, a different, different
1: time and place, right? Yeah, like totally like, different world.
0: Yeah, you can't hold somebody to this. There's there's no like static standard that just stays in place forever. Like right. here's normal. Normal is leave it, the, leave it to beaver and happy days. Like no, <laughs> like normal evolves and changes and like, yeah so so it's um it that's kind of a, i guess that's kind of where where i am now with the kids is like kind of giving them that like um it's
1: kind of collaborative I think, right? I think as
0: a dad the message it says to them is it gives them permission to be human right like yeah by the way even like you know i'm not gonna like say like i'm the dad and i know fucking everything so you know fuck you and everything you think is valid and everything you feel is invalid yeah. like it's like man I'm just a human trying to figure it out as I go along too and like hopefully uh, you know gosh I hope I never fucking figure it all out because that won't be very fun (laughs) you know because then you're just gonna like rinse and repeat you know brush your teeth and wake up and go to sleep for the rest of your life and it's not that fun I want to like be a lifelong learner and always be like challenging your um, preconceptions about stuff and, and expanding your horizons and to me there's no difference between being a musician and making records and being a human. It's like, it's all a process of like learning and evolving and and making mistakes and failing to achieve what you're going for, but actually maybe accidentally stumbling on something even better than what you originally were going for.
1: Yeah. And to Um, get back to what we talked about at the very beginning, it's about kind of that pulling back, you know, and having a look at the bigger picture of everything, right? And um, you don't always have control over everything, but it's, you need to kind of, be insightful about what you're doing,
0: and it's fucked up because by the time you figure that shit out, you're already like, you know, <laughs> so deep into the ride that you're like, God yeah. damn it! I wish I could go back and like, yeah, you know, tell my fucking 20 year old self this shit because I would have had such a smoother ride. But again, that's all part of the process, right? You, you know, so that's that's a, the bittersweet, um, the bittersweet thing about life, right? Right. By the time exactly. you figure it out, and then and then I feel really bad for old people. Like I've been on a, a kick lately where I've been. I, by the way, one of the things I do now is I I teach, um, uh, college. So I teach, um, some music business classes. I teach, um, you know, they're all basically the same fucking pizza with different toppings, but it's basically music business for, um, either music business for songwriters or I teach some songwriting classes. I teach like entrepreneurship, teach a lot of these things. And something I felt completely fell into again, just went like same thing, punk rock style where you're like, I don't really know how to do it, but someone asked me to do it. So I'll just jump in and figure it out as I go. And, um, you know, hopefully I, you know, I, same thing I tell the students, I'm like, I'm dealing with college age students. I'm like, you guys, I'm not here to fucking tell you how you should do shit. I'm just telling you like, basically some of the basic, basic guiding principles, some of the guidelines, um, and then I can give, I can talk all day and give you anecdotes and analogies and, you know, examples of, you know, but it's, it's like, it's not for you to imitate that it's for you to. If anything, it's for you to light your light your fuse from that and right. be like, "Brad, okay, now that gives you permission to get to go out and like do your thing." You yeah. know, because it would be lame if you like went back in time and tried to imitate what we did in a fucking you know in Santa Barbara. You know, it's like that's pointless. That's already that ship has already sailed. Like right. l- the idea is like look about look at what you're doing today and what what context you're in right now, what tools and resources you have right now, and do something in the spirit of that, but with today in mind, or to, today right. and tomorrow in mind, rather than just like, you know, so
1: yeah, that's, uh, but that's one of the things I do
0: now mostly. And I enjoy it. It's, it's fun. Cause I am able to like live a life where I'm, I miss being on the road, but I do appreciate that I've been able to like be a real, uh, this is maybe different than a lot of the people you might've had on this podcast that, that um, are sad that they can't be around their kids growing up. It, I was, bummed that sugar cult slowed down, but it just so happened that it coincided with my kids right. being little. And I was able to like, be the guy at every soccer game, be the guy t- driving them to school, be involved in their lives. And now they're teenagers and I'm starting to go like, okay, now maybe hopefully something will get off the ground again and I can get on the road
1: because teenagers are fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they, and they, they don't need you for those base, those basic kind of life skills. Like my kids need me for right now. Like, oh, absolutely you know, so you,
0: And you do miss it though i mean there's times where you're like oh this is overwhelming it's you know it's it's relentless but like right now it's like my kids are in the uh, in the house and they're like they get up they make themselves something to eat they do their school through zoom right now because of this and like um they're self-sufficient like they basically just need me to like pay for shit. (laughs) right You know, so and give them like and, and let them know where the line is, you know. Where, yeah. Because because you know teenagers by nature are gonna want to push boundaries and and cross lines. So you have to sort of let them know where like, you know, you have. To, I mean that is the one thing. Like in all seriousness, um, one of my really good friends who's in a really famous band now. Of all of us, it's funny because it's ironic because he had he was the most like one of the wildest kids and was one of the only ones who actually dropped out of high school. And he's probably the only one who's a multi-millionaire right now, you know? <laughs> he's, he's in like one of the biggest bands in the world that we grew up with. And, um, and he, you know, he had this thing where he was like, you know, the youngest, and he's like, my mom never, you know, maybe the parents had split up and he, his mom was just kind of like, oh, you guys, you know, dad was so strict. You guys just, just chill, enjoy yourself, do whatever you want. <laughs> You know out, out of love like yeah. you know, that's what that's what you know, i just wanted yeah. you guys to be happy which is you know it, was, it comes from a from a decent impulse but unfortunately he's like i was able to i was no one ever showed me where the wall was right so if you don't learn where the wall is at home you're going to look for it it's our nature to keep going until we right. hit the wall and so if you don't find it at home you're going to find it in the, with the law or you yeah know, in a less
1: stuff. safe environment
0: in a less safe environment and if you do find it you know if you ever get there if you don't crash and burn before you can yeah. get there and, and he's like in years later i realized like you know luckily he ended up thriving and getting his getting together and but like he's like i realized like damn all i ever really wanted was someone to tell me absolutely not and someone to yell at me for doing the shit i did you know he's like i was looking for that subconsciously and i think that's one of the things that the fucked up things about teenagers. You almost have, to, in order to do your job correctly, you need your teenagers to kind of hate you a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> if You don't sure. want to rob them of, the, of. They need to like. You need to give them something to push against. Yeah, otherwise I, I, they're going to find it somewhere else in a place that doesn't unconditionally love them. You know. Right,
1: right. Um, So, Marco, this is a rad dad show. Um, are are you a rad dad? I I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose. <laughs> So what what's, what's a rad dad to you?
0: What's a rad dad to me? Well, I think a rad dad is a dad that actually like, for one is a dad that shows up and shows up for their kids and, and doesn't just like define being a dad by, you know, being a sperm donor. You know what I mean? Like, it's more than just like the, you know, I mean, the, <laughs> the, the fun part of making babies is over and like you know, three minutes. <laughs> did I just say that? <laughs>
1: you did, um, it's public now.
0: But yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's like the, you know, the, the, the real work starts when you're, when you actually have the kid and then you're like, okay, well, my job it's my responsibility to keep this thing alive. Luckily, like a lot of that stuff just kicks in It's just instinct because we're, you know, as much as we forget, um, we are animals. Yep. And most of that stuff is instinct, you know? It's like when your kid is freaking out, you're not like, hold on for a second, let me go get my what to expect when you're expecting book and the expected father and like, find the right chapter in it. You're just like, oh, keep my kid alive. And you just figure it out. You Most of this yeah. stuff is just, you know, it's it's instinct. It's already in us. I mean, you and me and anyone listening to this thing or watching this thing, we are all descendants, we're the proud the few, the
1: descendants
0: <laughs> of I like, that. like <laughs> badass fucking survivors that yeah. somehow made it through like rain sleet snow and fire and fucking glaciers and tigers and lions and all kinds of shit like there's so many there's so many things that could like the humans were vulnerable to and susceptible to and plagues and fucking spanish yeah. flus and so many things that happened of course right now we're going through this yeah. <laughs> you know, and we are, so we're we're all pretty good. If we're still hanging out right now, we're pretty good stock. We're at least, we might be kind of weak and soft, but like people who we came from originally, way back when, were people that were like, when it was still like sort of natural selection, where it's like, right. you're only gonna fucking pull it if you can hang. You know, so we, somewhere deep down inside of us is that. And you know, you have that to go on. You go, okay, yeah. well, uh, you know.
1: That's like the foundation And But you're you're drawing a distinction, uh, like kind of a difference between just kind of being a parent and being able to do that aspect and then sort of like, you know, fatherhood or being a rad dad being maybe something a little bit different, maybe something a little more nuanced.
0: Well, I think a rad dad too is one that's like, okay, I mean, wow, like it's kind of deer in the headlights, but I do think like for one, like I said, like showing up doing, um, and, and committing to more than just like this, like n- notion that like, okay, what's a, what's a traditional role of a dad. And maybe you don't have anything like you don't have anything to go on. Maybe you were raised, a lot of people in my generation were raised in broken homes. So you don't have that like, sort of like for better or for worse, you don't have that like model that's in front of you. Like, well, my dad is the guy that always just like, you know, you know, my dad's a guy that basically shut the fuck up until it was time to teach me how to r- drive stick shift. And then he showed up and then he told me like, not fuck up. And that was it. A lot yeah. of people have that experience. I think in our generation, a rad dad is probably more like the modern parent where you're, there isn't as big of a dividing line between the role of a mom and a dad. It's kind of like parents are like this, like team that just like, You know at any given time you can like throw the ball to me and I'll handle it and I'll handle it in a good way it's not like oh dad's making dinner so he's gonna like order a pizza it's like no I can fucking cook like a motherfucker right Um, and like falling in love with that and being um, you know being uh, it's hard when you're when you're a musician you know like I look like a weirdo and you come from a band it comes a point where people maybe have like a preconceived notion of what you're gonna be mm-hmm. like as a parent they're like, oh you're just gonna let your kids do whatever they want it's like no no, no. me and a lot of people i know most of the people i know are, are musicians too in in different bands are pretty like you know pretty serious parents you know they're they're you know they it's not just like anything goes and it's not just like you know we're not gonna like sit there and do like Jaeger shots with our 10 year old or something right. like that. You know, like maybe somebody who's not a musician would think it's very like, I remember when my kids were at their preschool and I'd go and like volunteer, it was like a co-op and people were like, wow, okay, well you look kind of different than most of the other parents here, but you're like into this and you you want you want to learn. And I think going back to what we were saying before, yeah. the musician like that, when I, I read you that thing that I sent to my friend who's just yeah. like having a daughter and it's like, I think we are oddly like, you know, in a way, people wouldn't think we're oddly like, um, suited for this for the lifestyle of being a parent, keeping it fun, yeah. Seeing that you know, knowing when to like, not get too stressed out and just kind of laugh about it, how, laugh about the chaos, laugh about the craziness. Um, I think that by nature, and I'm probably, you know, typecasting. a lot of us are basically like overgrown kids. You know, <laughs> I think in order to play music, you have to be a person that that never really like tucked your shirt in and decided I'm going to be a grown up now, whatever that means. You're kind of someone who went like, I know so many people that are like in their forties, fifties, sixties, and they're still wearing like vans and like skating, skating ramps, you know, yep. I think our generation, um, you know, anywhere between your age, and my age, like, we were lucky enough to have that where there was never like this social expectation where it was like okay now as soon as you hit the age 30 you're supposed to stop being fun you're supposed to dress like a square you're supposed to do this that and the other we were kind of like well i'm just going to keep on rocking until someone tells me to stop and so far no one's really telling me to stop and i look at like the grandparents you look at like the rolling stones and bob dylan and yeah. paul McCartney, and they're still rocking yeah. they're like they look like they're still having fun they haven't needed money in like since before I was even born. So they, they're obviously doing it for the right reasons. Then you look at the like Joey Capes of the world, you look at fat Mike's yep. people in their 50s that are still playing in bands and you're like, I don't feel like it's ridiculous. I feel like they still have something. Look at the descendants, look at Stefan yep. and Milo and all them. They still have something to say and they still are having fun. And it just gives you that feeling where you're like, it kind of empowers you. You're like, okay, so the whole thing like you used to see on people's uh Whatever you see, to see, like, that's such an annoying little quote, but you'd see that thing that said, like, Go, don't grow up, it's a trap, yeah. And it's like, it's kind of right, like, yeah, it's true. Growing up means like throwing out your sort of like inner child with the bathwater and becoming this boring sort of like husk of just like you know, setting your ways, sort of judgmental, whatever. Like, then, then, no, I don't want to grow up. <laughs> like, what's the what's in it for me, <laughs> especially since. Spoiler alert. I read the fucking page, last page of the book and it says we all fucking die. You know what I mean? So it's like, if that's the case, then let's have fun and let's like be lifelong learners. Let's kind of, let's like have our imagination. Let's still like go on adventures. Let's still do the things that you, society tends to like relegate to being young and wild and free you know there's something to be said for maybe settling down to a certain extent once you have kids you probably want to like live somewhere so they can like you know (laughs) not um, on someone's couch yeah you probably want to have some kind of a um steady form of 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 income so that you're not just kind of like constantly just going for like hey who knows like you know so but like other than that it's like Dude, I think kids relate to parents that come from rock and roll, whatever you want to call it, that come from creative arts because those parents are haven't had that part of them by either by being willing volunteers or by being victims of circumstances. They haven't had that part of them. Of them sanded off yet. Yeah, they so you're kind of like kids. So that's what a rad dad is. You're yeah. basically a kid, but you're an older kid because you can go like, "Oh, check it out! Don't do that because I've I've done, tried that before and it sucks." Like I did it with my kids when I was teaching them not to touch the knives. You put the knives on this shelf, then you put it on this shelf, then you put it on this shelf. You're like, "What the fuck am I gonna do? Put these things in the attic?" At some point, it's like, "Come over here for a second. Check this thing out. Look what happens." Look at that scratch on my hand. You know what? Check this out. And I like got a cutting board and I just like violently like stabbed the cutting board so the knife, <laughs> like going like this. And I was like, and they were like, whoa. And I'm like, I know that thing's so scary. Like you do not want to drop that thing on your foot. You do not want to mess with that thing until you're ready because that thing's sharp. Like now I can put it right where you can reach it without having to put a guard on it. And you know, like I, I put it in their hand. They said, yeah. hold this thing in your hand right now. And they were like,
1: oh. I'm like scary, yeah,
0: sharp. That thing's gnarly. <laughs> You know, yeah. but you kind of need to learn how to deal with it because you're going to have to, like, make food and, you know, <laughs> cut things and whatever, you know. Yeah. And the same thing with fire. You're like, fire, I can't just, like, at a certain point, you you just find ways to, like, be their, be their parent without, without like, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, just, it's more like respecting them and going, like, do yeah. you think it's a good idea to touch that fire? And they're like, um... No, and you're like, why? And they're like, because it's hot. And what if I get burned? You're like, I know, right? Because that sucks. Because I got burned this one time. And we're approaching it more like that rather than just like, get the fuck away from that fire before I spank your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe Do you're what go. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's not here. Now we can touch the fire. Yeah. And we won't have consequences. It's like, no, you don't touch the fire because you're gonna get in trouble. You don't touch the fire because you don't want to get burned. <laughs>
1: you right. Know? Right.
0: So I think that's part of being a rad dad is maybe being a little bit more having a little bit more of a modern um approach rather than the old school like don't do that or i'm gonna beat your ass with my belt or something yeah like that.
1: so you you kind of brought up two things so one is sort of um it like engaging with your kid being present i think that's the word you use being present and engaging with them and kind of having that you know relationship where it it kind of flows both ways um but you also talked about sort of, you know, um, some of that, um, maintaining some of yourself, I guess. Right. And, and making sure that you as a dad is still you, right. And and that that's important. And so kind of that musician, um, upbringing you had kind of flows into everything that you do. So what, but let me ask you this. So what has changed about you since becoming a dad?
0: Um, that's a really good question. You know, like, First of all, what you just said is so important. Like, I think it's really important to model life for your kids, not just like tell yeah. them what to do, but actually show them like, Hey, check it out. I'm someone who has like something like that. I love to do. And I found a way to do it.
1: And kids love and, that.
0: And, and you know, they, like our friend, you know, our friend, Chris, he's, who's in the Foo Fighters or our friend, Joey, uncle, uncle Joey, who's in yeah. black. Bagon, you know, you see all these friends we have, um, and I'm like, well, let me tell you what they were like as kids. You know, they, they were, you know, this way and, way, and that way, but they always like practiced their instrument. And they always did the thing. They didn't do it as a, as a school assignment. They didn't do it because their parents made them. And if anything, they had to fight to do it. And um, so I, you sort of use that as experience, like where you're like, you can do something you want to do. If there's something you want to do with your life, you can do it. And hopefully I'm like a living example of it and uh, people in our community are examples of it where like, it's not easy, but it's also not impossible. And that makes it It sort of takes the cape off the superhero. Right. And it makes it feel like, wow, okay, so whereas when I was growing up, I mean, my mom had been in the arts. So I had the idea that it's possible to be a kid and have a dream and then actually turn that into a career. Uh, My mom was in the world of of dance and like like modern dance, she wasn't like a stripper. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she was like a choreographer and everything. But like, Thanks for clarifying, yeah, I thought I better clarify. Like, so um, and like, um, so I had the idea, you know, which is a, a gift for me. It's probably one of the reasons why I ended up doing this shit because I knew that it was like, you have that sort of proof of concept where you're like, oh, it's possible. It's not just something that happens to other people. Right. You know. Um, And then um, luckily I had a lot of friends in my home, in my community that, you know, like I said, Toad the Westpocket, RKL, Logwagon, they they kind of went and found it. And that makes it seem all the more possible. And then they come home and you meet them at the bar at Thanksgiving and they're like, dude, fucking, this is what's up. This is where we went in Germany and this is where we were in Atlanta. And this is what we did after the show. And this is what that venue's like. And you start to like, this thing that seems like a fantasy starts to actually take shape and become like an actual attainable thing. Mm hopefully that's the message we send our kids. Um it's important, you know, to tend to your to tend to who you are as an individual, to tend to who you are in your relationship because your kids are learning like, okay, is that what people are supposed to do? So when you have a big fight, you don't just go, okay, mom's an asshole. You say, you know, me and mom had a disagreement and and here's the thing, she sees she thinks sees it this way, I see it this way. And it's like we're probably both Neither of us are probably right, but we're trying to figure it out. And sometimes in order to figure it out, you have to, you have to kind of like wrestle with it and like, you give them that thing where like, you're kind of going like, instead of leading them to believe that, like, if you have a fight, it must mean you should like not be together. It's like showing them that like, Hey, that's part of, that's par for the course. Yeah. And how you handle it. And then maybe how you follow up on it later on, let them see you talk to each other, even if they can't understand it yet. Let them see you go up to your, your significant other and be like, you know, I, I've, I've, I'll be the first to admit I probably could have been cooler. I was just, I'm super, you know, like whatever, stressed out or whatever. And then and sort of show them that because I think kids are learning. They yep. there's somebody told me a long time ago, they said this quote, they're like kids, something like I'm probably misquoting it, but like, it's like something like kids learn, kids don't learn what you tell them. They learn what you show them. Right. And I know that's kind of like parenting one-on-one at this point, but it is so profound.
1: No, it so, is for sure. Yeah. And you
0: remind yourself of that too, because yeah. I forget it. And then I remember it and then I forget it and then I remember it That's part of what keeps it alive and keeps it fun. Yeah. But I think that's a good baseline. Like am I, am I modeling the behavior? You know, if I'm telling them they spend too much time on their phone, how much time am I spending on my phone? Mm-hmm. If I'm telling them they need to go to bed on a reasonable hour, why am I staying up till fucking three in the morning every day? You know, like, so, and, and of course you always have the out of, well, I'm the adult so I can make my own decisions and you're, you know, but at the same time there is a certain like. I remember being a kid, I remember being 15, and I was pretty like, probably because I listened to a lot of punk bands, you know, you read the lyrics and you get pretty like, you know, socially aware, socially conscious and aware. And I'd read like maximum rock and roll, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and all kinds of little columns. And it made me really like, I was the kid in high school that would like raise my hand in history or, or English and just, and like spar with the teacher, you know, yeah. with respect, but also with like, I don't know, man, that's the way they want you to think it is, but the way I think it is, you know, it's just that they probably should have punched me. But like at the same time, I was like, I'm not gonna just sit here and let the fucking same old story go along and and just be passive. If I'm here and I and I know better or I know different, then I'm gonna speak up. And if they're welcome to like, you know, and lots of times they would be like, they'd completely fucking shut me down. And I'd be like, Oh shit, you're right. Sorry, never mind. Yeah. You know, but lots of times they'd be like, actually what you're saying is right. And I like how he said that because this is true that blah 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 and it would actually turn it into a discussion. Um I welcome my kids to like push it's not like don't talk back is the vibe. It's like tell me I'm wrong. I don't know everything.
1: You yeah, like, tell me why kinda of critical yeah. thinking kind of
0: thing. Yeah, like critical thinking, dude. That to me, I mean to go to another like long, you know, uh Long overquoted thing. This be the change you want to see. And it's like what I want to see is a world where people are actually fucking think about shit and are critical critical thinkers, and not just like sheep that just do whatever the fuck they're told. It's The last thing I'm going to do when I have the opportunity to raise people is te- try to is encourage them to just like do it just because I said so. It's like be a critical thinker and argue with me, you know, but but actually bring up some but back it up, you know, back it up with yeah. some like, why do you think that? Why do you say that based on what based on Okay, cool. And it's like, you know, I always preface it with like, why do you think this? Why do you think that's a bad idea? And then I it up with and also just because I said, and I'm mean, right, you, know, you live in, Af- you live in yeah. Afghanistan. And so you know, you got to follow my rules. But I also am glad that you can so it's because isn't that life? It's like you have critical thinking you have the ability to reason but you also unfortunately for better or for worse you live in a society and someone's the boss yeah. someone's the teacher and someone's the fucking lead singer or whatever it is and you gotta learn to balance that and out balance, like, yeah. how do i how do i find that you know how do i balance out the you know how i wish it would be with how it is and how it could be with how it is and yeah. you know so that's that. I mean, hopefully, that's what's going on. Again, we're just all fucking driving by Braille and figuring out as we go along. It's yeah. not like I've ever done this before, you
1: know. What What are the most rewarding things about being a dad?
0: Um, well, for one, it's probably. I mean, I will admit, I, and I think a lot of music people are can tend to be somewhat self-absorbed people. You know, you do th- sort of get in, you know, get into your own little universe of, uh, and it can be pretty like, look at me, come check out my thing, how much, you know, look how popular we are, blah, blah, blah. And I think that, um, having kids is the, is becomes the, like sort of the funeral for your selfishness a little bit where you you finally fucking love something more than you love yourself, (laughs) you know, you finally care about something else before more than you care about yourself. So for us, uh, you know, for us, music types that sort of um, can be a little self-centered, for better or for worse. I mean, it takes a certain amount of that in order to take, in order to even like be the kind of person that gravitates. If all you want to do is play music, then you're probably in an orchestra pit somewhere, or you're probably composing music for film and television. Anyone who's in a band that tells you otherwise is is probably lying to you. The reason you're in a band (laughs) is because you fucking are a show off. You know what I mean? Cause you like making music and you want to demonstrate it to people. You want to share it with people. You want to, you know, get up there and play it for somebody. So there's a, even if you're insecure or you're, you know, humble or whatever, you still, there's a, still a certain, um, there's, there's something in you said, I want this, I want to play this for somebody now, you know? So that, that, that by nature means you're the kind of person that like is a little bit self-important. Yeah. So having kids, I think, is a wonderful way to counter that because finally there's something that's not just about you. It's something about outside of you. And so it directs you to something else. And I know a lot of people probably have kids to sort of hope that they can raise like a mini me, you know, so that that kid can like realize all the dreams that they didn't get to realize or so the kid can basically be an extension of them. And, and which is another reason why I've never forced my kids to play music. Sometimes I wish I would have, but I'm, I never, I was like, want my kids to find their own path and like, if they want to do music, then I'll encourage them. And like, my daughter was like interested in, and I was like, okay, here, and I set up some instruments in her room. I was like, let me know if you want me to teach you how to play any of them, but you know, or you can go on YouTube because I know no one wants their parents to show them shit, but like, <laughs> and then, you know, if she's into it, she's not, but I'm not going to like make her feel like ashamed of herself. If she doesn't become a musician, it's like, no way. Like just do something, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, I guess, that's so that's a really cool thing about having kids is it shifts your focus about what's really outside of yourself and and projected onto somebody else. And what was the original question again? Cause I'm such a- Well, you
1: kind of answered two questions. So I had asked you a little bit earlier about what has fatherhood changed about you. And I think that's sort of what you're talking about now, Um, but also like what's rewarding about being a dad
0: yeah. So I think all those things, I think, I think the opportunity to, you know, to raise a person and to have kind of front row seats to, to watch human nature to sort of take its course. It's fucking amazing. Like it never gets old. You're watching somebody when they're learning how to, how every step of the way, like you're watching somebody laugh for the first time. You're watching somebody sit up straight for the first time. You're watching somebody crawl, walk, um, all those little like those little small victories. Um, and it just to watch that happen and then get to the point where like, they get to the age where you can start to connect and remember how you were, when you were that age. And then it's like, Oh, watching a kid playing with Legos and you're like, Oh my God, Legos. Right. And they taking them to like a theme park that you've been to and you're like, Oh my God, watching them go on. Like, you know, it's a small world for the first time and be excited, you know, knowing all the while that like, you're like, Oh, at some point, you're gonna consider this a really boring ride in a few years, and then in a few years, this is basically gonna be your free hotel room when you come here with some other, you know, someone you're on a date with, and uh, you know, then eventually one day you'll take your kids on this ride. It's like the ride evolves through your life. Like you know, when you're a little kid, you're probably like hanging on really tight, like yeah. oh shit, I'm on a fucking boat, and there's all these weird things, I don't know what's gonna happen. And then when you're like a big kid, you're like, this is the boringest ride ever. Let's go on Space Mountain instead. And then when you're like 16, you're like, all right, hotel room, you know?
1: The metaphor um, for life itself. Right, isn't it? <laughs> you know? um, but anyway, so like,
0: you know, that's, that's to me, that's the biggest reward is is get, getting to not only be a, have a front, it's like having, it's like more than having a front row seat. It's like somewhere between having front row seats just to watching human evolution happen or human, you know, human, uh, human beings uh, growth. And, the, and it's also kind of like you've jumped onto the stage and someone's like thrown a guitar on you and you like got to jam along with them. And you're yeah. like, I get to participate. And I don't only get do to watch this, which is worth the price of admission alone, I get to actually participate in like the outcome of this. I get to have some hand in it and like kind of direct it. It's like getting on, being in the front row and being like, Play Get the Time, and then suddenly the Descendants are like, like, "Okay, let's play Get the Time." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm part of this. It's it's such a cool feeling. Yeah. And, um,
1: I love the connection yeah. back to music. That's great.
0: Uh, it's, I'm a one track mind, man. It all comes back to music.
1: yeah hey, it's all right. Yeah. Um,
0: um, that's you, pretty rewarding, dude. I can't imagine. It's I mean, it's it's rewarding and it's terrifying. You know, it's also terrifying because yeah. you're like at any given time, you're like, "Oh my god, I'm probably totally doing this wrong." what's going to happen? You know, like what? Are you, so it's, it's always like, that's always a balance of that.
1: So you touched on earlier a little bit um, that your dad wasn't in the picture. You are raised by your mom. Yeah. Um, it, and you know, as we're talking today, like you're quite um, insightful and introspective about your parenting style. So how does that kind of factor in? Like, where, where do you think we, we talked a little bit about your experience in the music scene and how that has right. affected your parenting what about sort of like growing up or things you took from your mom or, you know, well, other father figures maybe in, in your life? Yeah,
0: I think so. I mean, you know, it's, I think it ends up being, um, it ends up kind of being a process of elimination with so many things, you know, with whether you're talking about music, you're talking about parenting, where you, where you, you go, okay, what, what about the, um, what about the, my parents or the bands I liked that I, what, what are the things they did that made me stoked? Mm-hmm. And what are the things they didn't do that I wish they would have done? You know, because let's face it, we've all had those records where we buy this, the next record by a band and they made a move that you're like, oh, why did they do that? No! They should have <laughs> done this! Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you go, okay, like I said, be the change you want to see. And you go, okay, well, now that it's my turn to make a record, or my turn to have my own band, this is how we're going to be. I want to I form my own favorite band. And then you go, I want to be the parent I needed. Yeah, parent. I want it. That's what I want. That's all you can do in life. You can be the change you want to see. There's bands I like. There was things I about this band. Things about this band I liked about this band is that they were rock stars. I liked about this band is that they were down to earth. I liked about this band that they, they were really creative. I liked about this band that they were really like poppy. And then you go, okay, now I get to form my own band. So why don't we just take a little bit of each of those things and do something that, voila, ends up feeling like something new, right? Yeah. It's got like the best of all the different worlds that you're surrounded with. And then you d- you eliminate the parts you don't like. What I don't like about that band was that they never had style. What I don't like about that band was that they were way too fucking um, Too poppy to The point where it was like s- ridiculous that this band was so fucking interesting that you could never like just chill out and relax and, l- and go to their show and not feel like you were like working on a fucking you know calculus problem this band, It was like so cool, but they were like so fucking uptight that you never You felt like guilty to take a sip of your beer when you're at their show, you know Um, so it's like you find that thing and you're like, that's the same thing with my parents. It's like my mom. What did she do? Right? Okay, my dad. What did he do wrong? Okay, why did he do it wrong? Well, maybe he had kids too young well, maybe he um, you know so, so you you ask yourself those questions, and for me, it made me go, okay, I'm gonna wait until I'm I'm gonna wait till I'm ready to have kids. And I don't think you're ever really ready, but you're ready to be ready. And ready to me meant I've already got enough of my things that I've wanted to accomplish in my I don't want to say professional life because it sounds so cheesy, but like at least in my music life, I've got enough of those things that I've done where I feel like having kids in case having kids means I have to stop those things altogether or at least reduce them. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to be like, look
1: right. the kids are the reason I don't get to fucking be
0: a rock star anymore. I'm going to go, okay, this is awesome. The kids are going to be an embellishment to what I've already done. So I want to make sure I focus on my career first. Um, and then if things work out and luckily they sort of did a little bit, at least for me. And like at that point, there was like this natural progression where it just felt like I also want to make sure I in a relationship that's like, have some like, you know, years behind it. Not just like, my parents met when they were, you know, I, I think I was born like a year or two after my parents even met. So, and my dad was super young. My mom had been a professional, so she had some more life experience, but it's clear that the reason it didn't work out, they separated when I was like three, was because my dad was like, you know, he, he, he didn't like the idea that my mom was like more successful in life than him. And that he was basically just a kid moving out of his parents' house for the first time. And that he was kind of just like scared basically. Cause it's right. like, you know, um, and so he was probably too young and he just wasn't ready yet, you know, but he probably wanted to like act like he was ready. Cause you don't want to be the guy that's, you know, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna like put all that stuff in my head. And as I go into life, make sure that I've, if I have a relationship that seems like it could be something that could evolve into a family, we're going to, I'm going to, even if we're ready now, I'm going to take the time and wait a little bit, you know, if possible, (laughs) you know, Girls aren't that patient, (laughs) you know, but I was like, look, you know, I'm stubborn, but like, and like, so we were together for, for several years and then it was like, okay, now my career, you know, is is doing to the point where I feel like, I, you know, at this point it's like already exceeded my expectations. And I feel like I have some some financial security. I feel like this would be a really, also just a turned thirties, you know, it was like turning point from twenties to thirties. And you're like, this seems like a kind of a natural poetic time to like have started family. I, I know there's not, A lot of situations that could pop up that I can't probably find a way to like handle to some degree. Um, Whereas when you're in your 20s, I feel like you're kind of just figuring out life. You know, I think the 20s are our generation's version of the teens. You know, like people really don't like get, I don't think, at least guys, I don't think we even get close to like having a clue until we're like 30, you know? and apologies if you're under 30.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm, no, I'm not. No, I'm with you there.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, so, and and, you know, that's just the way it goes, you know, previous generations had to grow up a lot faster. You know, like I said, I've still not completely grown up, you know, by the traditional sense of the word.
1: Um, But it seems like you've sort of like really thought about it. Like you've really put some thought into what it means to be a parent and taken, you know, things from maybe, uh, you know, for lack of a better way of saying, it, negative experiences you've had and positive experiences you've had and kind of put it all together. Yeah, Um, I think so.
0: It was just like, okay, I don't wanna, I definitely don't wanna like do this if it doesn't seem like something I'm gonna be able to do like for the long haul. So I wanna, I'd rather take, okay, I'm sorry with all these quotes. (laughs) Abraham Lincoln said, if you're gonna give me, if if I have six hours to, to chop down a tree, I'm gonna spend the first four sharpening my ax. And I like that. It's like, right. it's, I'm not in a hurry to yeah, get through good. life. It's like, if you know you're going to have kids eventually, then like, what's the point of having them right away? Like, take your time, develop your relationship, develop your career. And then when you're going to have kids, not only are going to have, you're going to have a little bit more of a foundation to put them on, but also you're not going to, maybe you're not going to resent it as much. And then maybe your kids will also learn from that. And they're gonna be like, oh, okay, cool. So there's there's more to life than just having kids. You also do, like my kids are like, they trip out when they hear about shit we did before they were even born. They're like, wow, you guys like had lives, did all these things. And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. But like, I think that now that they're teenagers and they're gonna start to like turn the corner into becoming like, oh, what are we gonna do like when we're grownups, at least they have that at least they have that model somewhat laid down. Cause I think you learn, kids learn generally what they see and they just assume that's what's up. So I always assumed like, right. if I got married quickly I would probably end up, I was like, I don't want to get married if I'm probably going to get divorced, you know? So I'd rather wait and sort of see if I'm you know, and then get married. And then I don't really want to get married at all unless we're going to start a family. Cause to me, like, what's the point? It's not like I'm religious or some shit. And so, um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't know what I like to be disrespectful, but you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, oh my God, in order to get laid and not go to hell, I have to get married. For me, it was like, I can get laid all I want and I'll probably still go to hell if there is such a place and all my <laughs> friends are gonna be there anyway, so fuck it, you know? So I made that determination a long time ago. So that was like, okay, so what's the point of getting married? Well, it's a good foundation for a family. Okay, cool, because I wanna have a family, so there's that, and then so on and so forth. And of course, you're just like lucky, like a going back to all this shit there's no one's entitled to a music career no one's entitled to having a family it's hard to you know not everyone even gets to have kids some people wanted kids and they were with somebody who didn't want kids or wanted kids tried and didn't get to have kids it's such a or had kids and something there was and something was you know and it, you know their kids weren't weren't um, healthy or something like you know there's yeah. so many things that, that you know you have to just sort of count your blessings and be like, fuck, dude, you know, could be better, but certainly could be worse. Yeah. And like, wherever you are, you just kind of go, I'll make it the, the raddest thing it can be, you know?
1: Yeah, I like that. So, so we do a, a kind of little segment on this show regularly called the rad dad, bad dad feature. Okay. and It's an opportunity to share like a really rad moment, uh, kind of blue ribbon dad moment, and also maybe a less rad moment not really being a bad dad, but everybody's got those stories of like, Oh my God, <laughs> why did I do that? I'm oh, putting yeah. on the spot. So, um, oh, God. I don't know what's what
0: wrong with me. Like, I just get like, I'll, I'll, you'll, this, this happens every time I do an interview, like an hour from now, I'm going to be like, fuck, why didn't I tell him that instead? You know?
1: Okay. What, um, what about, or I'll give you a choice or, uh, do you have a good dad joke to share with us?
0: Oh, dad jokes. Yes. Um, Oh, my God. I feel like I inadvertently flip out dad jokes um, without even trying these days. But uh, let's see. I have really good musician jokes, but those aren't really dad jokes. Um, I don't know. I can't think of a a good one right now.
1: Uh, You can get back to us. I'll give you one. My daughter just told me the other day. um, Let me get this right. I don't want to ruin the punchline. Why did the pilot paint his jet?
0: Hmm. Why is that?
1: It was too plain.
0: Oh, I love that. That's a good one.
1: That's a good one. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. You could get back to me on the that. old
0: ones. You know, the old the old standbys, like, you know, what do you call a a, a cow with no legs? Ground beef. What do you call? Right. You know, fish with no, no eyes. Awesome. All that stuff. <laughs> there was one that I really liked, but it, I don't know how much of it. It's now that I think about it, I probably shouldn't have told my kids it. Um, <laughs> because Let's it hear to it. you hear it now. Getting, getting wasted but um yeah there was a there was um two whales in a uh you know we're in a dive bar together um okay. and
1: <laughs> already you got the joke there it is yeah
0: two whales were in a dive bar together you know having a couple drinks and, and uh um, and one of the whales one of the whales went um, the other whale said damn phil you're wasted man (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: pretty good yeah i like that that's good that's (laughs) um what's what's next for you marco what's on what's going on with you these days any any kind of upcoming projects or things you want to tell us about um,
0: I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting chapter of time. It's 20 yeah. years. This year is the 20 year anniversary of sugar cults first record. And we haven't really been active in quite a while now. And so our first record has, has kind of taken on this mythology of, you know, over time it's, it becomes this thing. And like, we don't even, we think our third record was our best record. Of course, that's the one that no one knows about. Um, I'm in that, I'm in
1: that camp. I love lights out. Love oh, you do. Oh, yeah. Awesome.
0: Thanks that's dude. Totally my um, favorite, but you know, it's like. But the first record, you know, of course, it's like where you're like, oh, that's where you're gonna learn from all your mistakes And that's where you're gonna go. oh, I knew we should have recorded you're the one at a faster tempo because we Recorded it like that and then we went out and played live. We never played it that slow again You know, you learn and then your second record you're more emboldened and then third record you're like, all right, fuck it at this point Okay, we you know, we're not apologizing for being here anymore. Here we are. Let's do this thing And then of course the record company disappeared okay so the first record lights out it does become this thing where like baby pictures or anything it becomes this like oh well you know for better or for worse that was a time you can never get back and it represents something you could never replicate you can never you know you can never go back to being a baby again you can never go back to your first record again and so this is the year where it's like 20 year anniversary holy shit I remember a 10 year anniversary of it and it seemed like yesterday 20 year anniversary, and this is, it's significant because you realize like, this is the last anniversary for our first record, we're gonna get to have a significant one, while we're all still like, relatively young, you know? And our fans are still relatively young, where our fans maybe are in their 30s right now, and they remember that record from when they were, like, my kid's age, So when they're, yep. like, the kids now are 14, 15, so it's like, by the time our, 30 year anniversary comes along for that record our fans are ostensibly going to be like people who own homes and have teenage children and all that kind of shit and they're going to be they might still like it i still like shit that i liked 30 years ago 20 years ago whatever but like it's a different thing it's like each anniversary is significant so i'm trying to think like this year it's about us like there's a lot of like looking back there's a lot of like you know email threads and text you know, group chats going back yeah. and forth between me and the band guys and and people that were involved, and just trying to think of like what's an appropriate way that you know. Of course, everyone's still engaged in their own current lives, so it's like what's a realistic, but also right. appropriate way to celebrate that, and like it's not just our celebration. It's also for anyone who ever like you know. When you put a band out there to the world, you sh- you kind of you know a lot of fans kind of take ownership of it. They call it for their sure. music. And it is their music more than it's your you made the music but who cares you put it out there and then people like make it the soundtrack to their lives so it's like out of what can we do and what can we like make available for fans um to like um celebrate that and also to sort of like show people that maybe were too young at the time like a chance to kind of get a point of entry for the record where it's like hey i didn't catch it the first time or the second time around but the third time around i'm here on the 20 year anniversary i wasn't there yep. for the release or the 10 year anniversary but here i am and, I'm, and i think that's kind of a cool thing to do i think so that's something on on the horizon for this this year okay. and then the other thing is probably um i know bad astronaut has uh i'm not i don't even think i'm allowed to talk about this i don't know how i mean i'm sure they don't fucking care mm.
1: um okay
0: so there's that and then i don't know i don't know we'll see if we, if we can make it through this um pandemic uh sure i am sh- dying to play shows i don't know how that's going to happen or what that's going to look like um
1: yeah.
0: so as far as music goes that's what's up um you know other things like i you know, I've told you i've been doing these um this college professor thing and um it's been i've been doing it for a while now to the point where i do really feel like it's the same, same itch where you like you're a band playing shows, and then you the next feeling is, now let's record this. Now let's take it on the road, you know. So yeah. I'm sort of there with my own like, um, with thinking my, about how to grow that. How to grow that? So I'm thinking like, do I do I write a book? Do I start a? Do I hit the road and do like a lecture circuit? Like, what's next? You know, not that there's anything wrong with just doing it the way I've been doing it, but it's just that that spirit of like wanting to challenge yourself and like not get comfortable, like by at all, you know, um, by all, um, at all costs, like you don't want to like settle down and get too cozy. Um, So stay curious and and get into it. I I really do miss, um, you know, I I don't do as much music as I wish I did. I do some stuff on the side here and there like, but like at this point I'm like also kind of like, Fuck it, maybe I like make a solo record or something. You know, I've never really done yeah. that. Like, that's a that's something. You know, you start to take stock of like what are the things I've I've never really wanted to do that, and I don't think that's my strong suit. I don't think I'm like that great of a songwriter, that great of a singer. But you're just kind of like, well, fuck it, dude. One life, one chance to borrow, yeah. uh, you know, from from Toby from H Two O, another rad dad. Yeah, and you just go, dude, why not? You know, it's like i you know, what do they say? It's it's better to ask for uh, forgiveness than ask for permission. Right. <laughs> <You
1: know>? yeah, <laughs> okay. Go for it, man. Go for yeah. it. So well, I
0: mean, just something. You just got to keep on doing it. And for some reason, I still, uh, I, for some reason, music still makes me stoked.
1: So Where, where's the best place for people to kind of follow you online?
0: Um, I mean, I've kind of cooled off on, um, on a lot of social media for, in a, in a failed attempt to, to, <laughs> to prevent myself from spending too much time on it. I still fucking get on Instagram all yep. the time. So Instagram's probably the best. And I'm probably gonna end up like posting more shit now because why not? You know, fuck it. It's kinda of fun and people people appreciate it. Um so Instagram's just um I think my Instagram's just Marco DeSantis, just my name, M A R K O okay. uh, D E S A N T I S. And then um Sugar Cult Marco is my Twitter and okay. you can you know. I don't know. I don't know how to work it. You know, like I've had the same <laughs> amount of followers for like five years. So I think there's like some kind of thing I didn't do right because it's like it's not like
1: Twitter's a different beast.
0: Forty-three people followed me and never unfollowed me or added me. It's just like not that I think I should have more, but I'm like something something about Twitter doesn't work. I think I need to like reload it or something. Um, and then <laughs> I turn you know, it off
1: and yeah plug yeah, it back in
0: again I maybe i need to figure that out but mostly instagram's probably the best so you can like you know dm yeah. me on instagram or just like comment on a picture and i'll usually get back to you cool um, i mean i i love communicating with fans i talk to the sugar cult fans on on facebook on our facebook page a lot sweet um there's really no bad astronaut like official thing for bad astronauts other than like joey capes stuff um but you know
1: well we'll keep our ear to the ground for that obviously this year
0: yeah, and anybody who is out there, honestly, it's like, hit me up, you know, if you wanna reach out to me, I'm, you can, you know, people are surprised, like, they'll send me a message on Instagram and then I'll be like, yeah, cool, what's your address? I'll send you a fucking bad astronaut sticker or something. And yeah. they're like, really, what the fuck? And I'm like, dude, I'm not that busy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this shit's fun for me, you know? So like, don't be afraid to say hi, Ooh. you know, whatever it is, you know? That's send awesome. Well,
1: well, Marco, thank you so much for coming on the show uh, giving me so much of your time today. I really appreciate it. It was really fun. Shared some super fun stories. It's good getting to know you and hearing about, you know, your perspectives as a dad. Um, any last words for dads out there advice or maybe dads to be
0: dads to be, well, definitely. Um, I definitely worth looking into if you're out there and you're like some dude who's like, man, I don't know. First of all, they're really fun to make. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, and, uh, and as it turns out, they're super fun to, it's just a super fun adventure to go on. You know, it's super fun to raise kids. It's not, it's not, a, it's not that much of a pain in the ass. And um, the fun, you know, far outweighs the, the hassle and the reward far outweighs the risk. You know, it's, it's definitely like, I mean, honestly, I mean, we could talk cause your, your podcast is about dads. You're a dad. If you're listening to this thing, if you want to be, you know, if you are a dad, you know what I'm saying? I don't even need to say this to you, but if you're someone who's like, Man, I don't know about having kids in this world, don't worry about any of that fucking shit. Okay. Don't be the guy who uses, Oh, well the world's so fucked up. So I don't want to have a kid cause they're going to have to navigate the, the world's always been fucked up. Okay. The sky has been falling as long as there's been people. Okay. Yeah. Um, same thing goes for music. It's this, there's many, there's been 10 more reasons why you shouldn't pursue music as why you should at any given time. 100 years ago, the fucking music industry was over because radio started, okay? Yeah. Now it's over because of fucking streaming. Next 10 years from now, it'll be over for a new reason and it was over for a fucking different reason 30 years ago. And then there was like in the 80s when everyone had a fucking Reagan punk band because we all thought we were gonna die in a fucking nuclear war, you know? So trust me, you only get fucking this much time. So get rad, have kids, it's kind of the only, It's it might be the only fucking thing that's worth really doing. I mean, there's really not, I mean, what the fuck do you exist for? You know what I mean? <laughs> and here's the other thing, like in my never to be humble opinion, I'm kind of evangelizing, like more rad people need to have kids because otherwise you're gonna be living in a fucking world full of like, idiots and like idiots kids. Cause like, you remember that line in that, in that band from the nineties, I've been around the world and found that only stupid people are breeding.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: More smart, fun, interesting weirdos need to fucking have kids and not let the, uh, and not let the, uh, you know, hateful, um, ignorant, um, Types have all yeah. the say, okay? Weirdos have kids. Artists have kids. Smart people have kids. Cool. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So when I'm working, at it, when I'm living in an old folks' home, there's going to be someone who's cool taking care of me. Please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. <Honestly. laughs> yeah, Awesome. Well, kids. Marco, thank you so much. It's been so rad talking. To you. All right, that was Marco Desantis on the Rad Dad Show. Thanks so much, Marco, for joining us. Don't forget to stay tuned for part two of the bonus episode where we dig into Marco's upbringing in the Santa Barbara punk rock scene, including some stories about Lagwagon, NoFX, and other 90s punk rock bands. We also chat about how Bad Astronaut came about, including what it was like finishing their third album, 12 Small Steps, One Giant Disappointment, after the passing of Derek Plourd, and honestly, so much more. You're not going to want to miss it. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you'd drop us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at, at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook and Twitter at, at raddadsshow. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well, including this one. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.